I'm going to start with a word of prayer, and then we'll dive in today. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much um, that we can meet here uh, today, that we can worship you without persecution at this juncture. Um, I pray that you would open our eyes to see what you have for us in your word this morning, that your Holy Spirit would illuminate your word and give us understanding, and uh, that you would teach us what you want for us today. In your name, amen. All right, so this morning we're going to look at, we're looking at David's life again. Um, We're going to look at Psalm 3. Um, So you can turn there, but we're going to look at some background first. Um, One of the, does anybody have CSB version? There's a heading before the psalm, before verse 1. Do you have that heading? Yeah, it's interesting that the different versions say different things for the heading. So we're going to look at how we can have confidence in troubled times. I remember when I was pregnant with Brayden, I was really sick. I was in the hospital a bunch, and I was actually kind of ticked off at God. I was like, I I don't know why. I, I wasn't sure that I wanted kids, and then to have hyperemesis gravidarum tossed on top of everything else in the hospital constantly throwing up countless times a day I I was just really mad at God like why and then when I was pregnant with Skylar I'm not sure what had transpired between the two pregnancies but the Lord had given me a different outlook and while it was still hard I was able to go to the Lord in faith instead of being angry. And I didn't know, I still didn't know why, like why do I have to have this sickness? But I was able to look outside of my current circumstances and see how God could use me in the hospital. There was a a lady that was going through the same thing and we kind of became friends. And to be able to share the light of Christ with her and with the nurses and whatnot, and I, and I sometimes wonder, like, did the Lord give me that second time around so that I could shift my perspective? So we're looking today at how God can give us confidence in troubled times. We're going to look at Psalm 3, but first we're going to go back to 2 Samuel 16, 5 to 14. How do you typically respond when you go through difficult situations? How do you guys respond when you go through hard things? What's our natural inclination? And there are times when we go through difficult things and and grief is a part of that. And and grief is a natural response and, and healthy. Like the Lord wants us to come to him when we're grieving. Um, so he's there to comfort us through that. This is, we're maybe going to talk about things other than grief today, but, um, so we're going to read Second Samuel 16, 5 to 14. Does somebody want to read that? Um, there came out of him a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shemel the son of Gera. He came out cursing continually as he came. He threw stones at David and all the servants of the king David. 
and all the people and all the mighty men were at his right hand and at his left. Thus Shammai said when he cursed, Get out, get out, you man of bloodshed and worthless fellow. The Lord has returned upon you all the bloodshed of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. And you behold, and behold, you are taken in your own evil, for you are a man of bloodshed. And then Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my king, my lord and king, sorry? Let me go over now and cut off his head. But the king said, What have I to do with you, O son of Zariah? If he curses, and if the Lord has told him, curse David, then who shall say, Why have you done so? And then David said to Abishai and to all of his servants, Behold, my son, who came out for me, seeks my life. How much more now um, this Benjamin? Let him alone, and let him curse, for the Lord has told him. Perhaps the Lord will look on my affliction and return good to me instead of his cursing this day. And so David and his men went on their way, and Shammai went along on the hillside parallel with him. And as he went, he cursed and cast stones and threw dust at him. And the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary, and he refreshed himself there. Thank you. <clears throat> so who's Shimei? And what's he doing here? Who's he related to? Yeah, so he's got a little bit of family ties and trying to protect Saul there. And what's he doing? Throwing stones and dirt. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I think of like just a an annoyance. Like, can you imagine you're you're walking along minding your business and this like, heckler comes along? What does verse eleven and twelve say here? Let's look at that. And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my own son seeks my life. How much more may this Benjamite leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. And it may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me, and that the Lord will repay me with the good for his cursing today. <clears throat> so what what do you pick up from David's words there? Yeah, I don't know that his calm response changed the other guy, but... <laughs> but it didn't create Yes, it didn't escalate it, right, for sure. Yeah, and how he's talking, so the world would call this karma, right? He's going to get what he deserves. He's treating David this way. He's going to get it back. But we know that it's the Lord's justice that David is relying on. Um, how does David know this about God? He knows God's character, right? Um, and then in verse uh, 14, at the end there, um, they arrived weary at the Jordan, and he refreshed himself. I think it's very interesting when we're anxious and worried about things how well do we sleep no well minds going he's doing right so he clearly had tremendous trust in god was going to take care of him god was going to do what was best for him 
And he was, because of that, the Lord gave him peace so he could rest and sleep. And um, So that is kind of the, the situation that's going on when he writes Psalm 3. And when you look at Psalm 3, I wonder if this is part of the rest um, and refreshing himself that it says here that David did. Spending time with the Lord, drawing on the Lord's strength. Um, So we're going to flip over to Psalm 3. Yeah, it would be really easy for him to look at the circumstances and be incredibly stressed out or... Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But he was, even still in that, he was trusting that the Lord was going to do what was best. Whether that meant the Lord was going to be just and pay back to Shimei, what you know, he, he was trusting the Lord to be the judge, not determining on his own, I don't deserve this, and therefore I'm going to strike back. Would somebody like to read Psalm 3? Thank you, Emma. Oh, Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many, so many are saying, God will never rescue him. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of ten thousand enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face, shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Thank you. Verse 3 says, you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. When we're going through difficult things, are we looking to the Lord for refuge? Um, are we running to earthly things, people, relationships, whatever, to numb things? Or looking to other things for help? Like, do we think our financial situation is going to solve our problem? Or are we running to the Lord? So we see in in verse 3 that God is our protector, that shield. Um, Nothing's going to get to us without the Lord allowing it. Um, God is our, says he's my glory, so our source of significance. Um, And he's the lifter of our head. He uh, is the one who leads us to look up from our sorrows and worries and reminds us that we can have joy in the midst of them because of him. Um, Maybe you're dealing with some health struggles and the doctor doesn't have answers for you. Or maybe the friend you thought could help you through something isn't there for you and you feel let down. But the Lord is always there. I think the biggest thing is for us to go to him. So many times it's like, I can't fix it on my own. My friend can't help me. Money's not going to fix it, or I don't have the money. And then the last resort is, I guess I should go to the Lord. (laughs) And it really should be the other way around. 
And sometimes the Lord will allow difficult things in our life to help us to look to him or give us practice doing it. Um, verse 5 and 6, we, we talked about this briefly. I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. He's, he's running, he's been betrayed, and yet he's able to sleep. I mean, it's like imagine somebody is breaking into the homes in your neighborhood and you go to bed and you sleep. That would be difficult. And then eight says, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your people, your blessing be on your people. So the, the Lord's going to fight our battles, right? If we don't get in the way, right? So how does the Lord fight your battles? Or how can we rest in him knowing that he is our personal warrior? Yeah, I was scrolling through Facebook yesterday, reading these preppers' posts. <laughs> like, oh, this is a bad, bad, bad trail to go down. <laughs> and I, then I get in the Word, and I'm preparing for this. I'm like, okay, it's going to be okay. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. Ultimately, this this world is not our home. And so... If I starve to death, it's okay. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon <clears throat> wrote a quote that is really fitting here. Some of you have tried to find refuge outside God. You have sought to find it in your wealth or in a friend. You will never find rest except in God. There is no refuge but in him. Um. And now we're going to look at Psalm 23. And this is a really familiar psalm for most of us. And sometimes in the familiarity, we, we overlook some of the rich, rich truths that are in this psalm, but just because it's so familiar. <clears throat> Would somebody like to read these six verses? The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. There are two ways you can read this psalm. Um, and in our culture of me-centeredness, <laughs> it, it can be a temptation to um, read this as, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and so on. But I think 
the way that we understand this psalm the best is putting the focus on the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Um, I think when we find our confidence in the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, when we understand what that means, that's where our confidence comes from. <clears throat> how do we learn how who our shepherd is? And he's given us the word. So in um, in this first verse, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I, ha- I shall not want, or I have what I need, as yours said. Um, so what do we tell ourselves that we need to have peace? I just need to be in control. <laughs> and as we saw, like the sheep, how's that working out? <laughs> Well, we got to do it. Take it back. Which I think sometimes we do. You know, he doesn't answer it immediately or the way we want whatever. And so we'll take that trouble back and put it on our own shoulders again instead of leaving it and trusting that God will take care of it. Mm-hmm. In the right way. Right. Not the other way. It says, He leads me beside still waters. Remember when <clears throat> GPS first came out, or I got a, my first smartphone. And I had GPS on my phone. And we lived in Pennsylvania, which was not too far from New York City. And we were expecting Braden. And so I needed to get all the baby things, you know. And I found a deal on a pack and play and a stroller. And it was in New York City. And I was like, okay. So I put it in my GPS. And I just felt, and I was in and out of the city super quick. My boss at work, he was like, I can't believe you got back here this fast. But without the GPS, there is not a chance in the world. <laughs> For sure, yeah. When you have some something or someone to lead you where to go, it takes the anxiety, the stress out of figuring out where you're supposed to be going. And that's what the Lord wants to do for us. We, we try to overcomplicate it and instead of just following. Like, we actually want to lead. We think we do. <laughs> want to be in control. But when we surrender and and follow the Good Shepherd, um, he has the best plan for us. Um, All right, we're going to look at Matthew 16, 24. Who has that one? And Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone decides to come... After me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Okay, and then Mark 1.17. Come follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fishers of men. Thank you. And then Mark 10.21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Great. And then Luke 5:27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi setting at his tax booth, following Jesus said to him, and Levi got up and left ever
So what's the common thread between all these verses? Is that easy? Like the sheep. No, I like over here in the ditch. <laughs> and what does following him look like? How, how do we know how to follow him? I'm going to read another verse here, James 1, 22 to 25. It says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For if he looks at himself and goes away and at once, uh, sorry, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. There's, We definitely need to be in the word, but the the idea of following uh, includes action. And so we can know what to do, but if we're not acting in obedience, we're missing a piece there. Um, what are some examples in your own life of how God has been a good shepherd taking care of you, providing, leading, protecting? It's helpful, too, to keep a journal sometimes of how the Lord's been faithful in our lives because you can go back and read those things when, when we struggle, when we're doubting, and read how the Lord's been faithful in the past. Because some, our, our memories are short. <laughs> Mine is, anyway. Um, and just to be able to look back how the Lord has led us and guided us and taken care of our needs, um, it's a good reminder to bolster our faith. Um, and when you are praying for other people to see God work mm-hmm. in such a wonderful yeah. way, That's it, such an encouragement. it helps your faith too. Mm-hmm. So being in that community, praying for each other, helps everybody. For sure, yeah. So if you don't have that thing to look back to, have a thing that happened yesterday, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. Um, back in Psalm 23 here, it says, um, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean we're not going to go through hard things, like you're saying, Trudy. Um, now there's... I'm sorry? He tells us we will. Exactly, yeah. In this world, we'll have troubled times, yeah. We're guaranteed that pretty much. <laughs> um, and some people think that this is um, like just the valley of the shadow of death, just really dark times. And it can be that, definitely that that's an application. And I think at the same time, every day we are living in the shadow of death. We Tomorrow is not promised to us. The next moment, like the Lord gives us breath, we're not promised the next moment. And so living every day in light of that, we can still have confidence, not in ourselves, but because God is with us. Um, sometimes they would take the sheep through these valleys, um, the big mountains on either side, and because of the mountains there are these really big shadowy areas where who knows 
there were people, robbers, that would jump out at them. And, you know, in that, in that time period where they had to walk in faith and trusting that the Lord was going to take care of them. Um, and I think that's really applicable to us. We, we don't know what the future holds, and we have to walk in faith. And it, we don't have to be afraid because we know our shepherd, right? It's the presence of God that brings peace, not the promise of deliverance. Um, in verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What was your favorite place to go as a child and why? Yeah, I think a, a sense of peace, love, and acceptance is what we're all longing for. And that's what we find with the Lord. So what else do we know about David's life? We're, we don't have time to go through all of his life, but what else? Do, what are the highlights? Yeah, he committed adultery and then killed her husband to cover it up. So why was he considered a man after God's own heart? First Samuel tells us that when he was chosen. And he sought forgiveness from the Lord. I mean, we, Psalm 32 is a good example of his understanding of the importance of forgiveness and, and seeking that from the Lord when, when we sin. Um, he had a lot of practice. <laughs> but I think we can learn a lot from that because if we're honest, we're probably all a lot like that, right? Um, we're going to quickly look at John 10, um, 1 to 11. Maybe I'm just going to skip through not read the whole thing. I'm just going to read 7 to 11. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So what does Jesus call himself here? Yeah, gate or the door, right? So if we're looking at Psalm 23 again and re replacing the Lord or he with Jesus, it would be Jesus is my shepherd. I have what I need. Jesus lets me lie down in green pastures. Jesus leads me beside quiet waters. Jesus renews my soul and so on. Because of Jesus, we have access to safety, satisfaction, and protection. We, we don't need to be afraid. He's given us what we need. I'm just going to read this quote um, from Scarlett here. Uh, we are like David in that we fail, but Jesus doesn't. We worry, but Jesus understands. Jesus knows this world is broken, sad, and scary. But when we hold up what we are anxious about next to the good news of the gospel, we see that we actually can rest because he's already handled everything on our behalf. We are his, and he has won, is winning, and will win forever. It's not a one-time thing. It's an everyday opportunity to sit at his feet and in his word to claim his promises, think on his help, and believe in his power. So how can we remember this truth this week? 
and remind ourselves that the Lord is loving us, comforting us, leading us, protecting us. I sometimes will put verses, stick them on my mirror or whatever to remind myself the truth that I need to think about and meditate on. I was actually going to make cards to give you guys this week, but I ran out of time. Well, and you think, you drive down the highway and you see all these billboards. You deserve whatever. Treat yourself because you deserve it. Or whatever the message is. We're bombarded with messages all over. And if we're not putting God's word in front of ourselves in one way or another, the world is going to win out over God's word because what we're what we're putting in front of ourselves and that's not a choice like you go down the highway and you just see it <laughs> you don't have to look for it it's just incorrect messaging that isn't in line with God's word like what do we actually deserve we deserve hell and so if we get what we deserve I don't think anybody actually wants that <laughs> would somebody be willing to close in prayer thank you Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we have a shepherd and that we have you to turn to when we are struggling or afraid um, or anxious. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that you're always there for us. And just um, put that, help that to come to mind so that we turn to you first when we are in yeah. a situation that we're confused and struggling. Lord, we just thank you that you're always there with us. Please stay with us this week as we go um, our different ways. Thank you again, Lord. Amen. Amen.